Hello and welcome to this pop-up podcast from The Devil in the Detail. I'm Rob Parkinson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Me and Paul Parkin in this podcast we'll look forward to all the big news coming out of the club this week and preview the game against Leeds on Friday night. So, enjoy. Devil in the Detail News. So, let's talk about the big news coming out of the club uh, this week. Uh, Parky, the... Obviously, the club announced that some sort of players were vaccinated against uh, COVID-19. Made a big sort of press thing about it on the Salford Keys. It's good that our players obviously have uh, managed to, to get the jab. They're all quite young, obviously, compared to us, Parky. So they probably had to wait quite a long time. Uh, but it's good for the sport as well. So obviously, because uh, they'll be protected from the COVID and hopefully we'll get more games gone, more games in even. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the key, isn't it? At the moment, all these games. Again, this week we're seeing games getting cancelled and swapped about, and that kind of thing. It's, um, yeah, it's great to see the club have took you know positive steps with the lads to, to get them vaccinated, so we don't have this constant, you know. Uh, I mean, it's not going to go away. We know that, but at least they've got some protection from it, and uh, hopefully we can try and stop it spreading. Certainly within the group as well. Uh, we lost a couple of games uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, and we don't want to do that. So it's good. Yeah, it's good that the club are leading the way, you know, in the community because there's still people out there who are turning their nose up at it a little bit or whatever. And, uh, you know, this is we all know how dangerous this can be. So, uh, and now life's opening up again. Uh, it's good to keep, you know, make sure the lads are safe, certainly for our selfish entertainment reasons, but certainly, you know, for them themselves as well. Like I said, the young lads, we don't want any... Uh, any long-lasting, you know, effects or anything like that. So, no, it's great to, it's great to see that, the, that, you know, they're getting the jab. Yeah, obviously they're talking about uh, full stadiums now, max maximum capacity, the lifting of restrictions. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about that? Obviously, you know, it's uh, full capacity now, What elbow to elbow in the stands. What's your, what's your thought process on that, Parker? Sadly, as a Salford fan, it's not something we, we often worry about, is it? <laughs> um, no, I think, I think as long as people are just sensible, and I know that's easier said than done. You know, we saw it happen at Wembley the other week when you let people try and be sensible. Uh, not the rugby with the, with the football, obviously. Um, but no, I, I've got no, no problem. I think people understand and, and they'll still respect people's, you know, space and that kind of thing. But it, there's nothing like it, is there? When you've got a massive people all supporting the same team, your team scores, you know, the winner in the last minute and that, you that bounce and everything else. We've missed that so much. And I'm sure the players have. I mean, you know, you see the, the appreciation they give to the fans again, even at Warrington last week. Um, they've obviously missed it. But that as a as a fan, that's one of the big things, isn't it? That 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 feel, that buzz together. And we, we we have missed that a lot. So uh no, I don't I don't think it'll bother me too much. Um maybe, you know, back when, when maybe grounds weren't as uh, safe and sanitised as they are these yeah. days, it might have been a bit of an issue and a bit, you know. Uh, and there will be people out there who will think twice. And, you know, rightly so, that's their prerogative, really. But, um, no, overall, I think I think we'll be OK. It'll be great to see. I mean, I, I don't know how many is going to be in Headingley uh, this week. But, you know, going forward, there's, there's some, you know, big, big away days still to go for us. And it'd be great to, you know, get us all back together and, uh, and be able to stand together. I mean, there's people through whatever reason over the last couple of years, just haven't seen, mm. you know, people that you used to see week in, week out. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, obviously with COVID last year, separating us all, and, and even this year, only so many people on the ground are you to sit somewhere else or whatever. To get back to normality and seeing your friends and, and getting that, you know, getting that, that sort of spirit together again and, and getting behind the team. And I think it will change. And you can see, 
I can say you can see already. I mean, I was at, at Wembley at the weekend, and and the the crowd, even though there was only sort of forty thousand there or whatever, the difference it made, the atmosphere was it, it was really good for a small you know a small Wembley crowd. I mean, let's not forget Wembley wasn't even half full, but the feeling there from the two sets of fans, you know, we were sat in the Cassen really, um, and their fans, you know, it, it sort of brought it back to me. This is what rugby league is. This is what it's about. The people that are there, and obviously the game itself is. is main thing I suppose but uh, no I'll, I'll be delighted to see everybody back and hopefully we can all get back to our usual spots in the stand and you get to see people like say you might not see them for what, the best part of two years yeah, I think it's exciting. I think obviously you have to follow the processes that you've you've put in place uh, in the co- in the pandemic. It's not over, uh, but it's on your head. You you do what you think safe, whether you wear a mask or whether you vaccinate, uh, sanitize your hands or cover your face or whatever. It's on you. That's what that's the message now. So yeah, that I'm you know I'm happy about you know going back to you know the 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 stadiums and you know fans and commentary and and all that. I think it's going to be fantastic, something exciting. Adds that bit of drama as well. And obviously when you're watching the telly, it's not the same, is it? Really, when you when you're in the stands and, and you know like little things like when uh, there's like a big hit or or a, or a bomb when it goes up and that and that. Oh, you know, and they get the kind of the crowd give that ooh noise. It's kind of things like you miss uh, when when you're not when it's not you know full. Uh, but yeah, exciting times. Looking forward, uh, yeah. forward to to what's going on. Obviously, I think the fact that we've got full car on the 29th at home gives our, gives our kind of management team another week to look at it and see what other people do wrong and fix it for us, which is a bonus. Uh, I think, Parky, really. Yeah, I think I think the other thing is with as it is at the moment, us at the AJ Bell and, and most teams being in modern stadiums. It's a lot easier to control yeah. uh, certain situations, the flow of people, you know, the fact that the away fans can be separated quite easily or whatever. More difficult probably, you know, at Cass and Wakey and places like that, the older, more traditional grounds where you, you are going to inter, intermingle, if you like, and that kind of thing. But I think, I mean, the AJ Bell is usually pretty well organised. It has been since we've gone back through the pandemic, the way they've, you know, sort of made sure everybody's got masks and everything else, you know, what what's needed to get into the stadium, uh, the ticketing, you know, everything else. So I, I think we'll be OK at the AJ Bell. And uh, we haven't got too many trips to sort of, as I say, the traditional grounds now. So I think it'll be OK. Yeah, like I say, just, I just can't wait to get back and get that get that buzz again with everybody. Yeah, that's that's the thing where everyone's missed, aren't they? That sort of community feel, really. And it's it's getting back together in it in, in the stands and you know, having a beer together and enjoying the, the rugby because obviously it's been a been a miss, really. Uh, but obviously hopefully we're all getting back to a kind of a normal now. So just look after yourselves and uh, we'll we'll mm. get through it. Uh the next bit of news, fifty days till Magic Weekend Parker. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be good to play Castleford. And it's gonna be exciting, obviously. They'll be uh, looking for revenge after we whooped them in uh, in Cass a couple of weeks ago, so it's going to be a good encounter. That yeah, four times this year, won't it? We'll have met them obviously with the cup game and uh, and, and the Magic weekend. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I'll be honest. At the start of the season, when we went on that run of you know one winning what ten, eleven games, whatever it was, the, the last thing you want is to get sort of uh, a hiding on a on a big stage, if you like, but. Mm. Uh, no, no, you know, things have, have turned a little bit. We, You know, we're not out of the woods yet, but we're certainly playing a, a better style of rugby and, and more successful, clearly. Um, and like I say, yeah, Castle want revenge. But I think I think when you look at the two teams on paper, I mean, I look to the Castle team uh, at, uh, at the weekend. That I think both teams, if you get both teams with full, full squads out, 
a very even clash. And I think, it's a, I think we said at the start of the year when we were talking about it, I think it's a really good time for anybody in rugby league to watch. Uh, both play a decent, you know, or try and play a decent brand of rugby. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I've not got my ticket yet. I certainly will be doing. I think I was holding off a little bit with the pandemic to see what was happening. You know, I didn't want to jump in and then find out I couldn't get a train or whatever to get there, bought a ticket. So, um, but yeah, now everything's opening up again. Fingers crossed we can we can stay opened up. But yeah, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to it. It's, uh, it'll be a good uh, a good battle. Yeah, and it's a festival rugby league as well, opportunity for all the fans to to get together and watch you know, what is it, six games in two days or something like that, which is, uh, you know, what it's all about, I suppose. You know, it's uh, a lot of people talk about the Challenge Cup final. You went last week. Uh, how does it compare uh, for you? I'll, I'll be honest, I am, as we're all aware, I'm a bit of an old fart these days. <laughs> but not, nothing nothing beats the Cup final for me, nothing at all. The thing is with with Magic Weekend, I've never, I've never always agreed with it. Um Maybe as a standalone fixture, not you know, not two points or a percentage riding on it or something like that, or make it a, a open to all clubs of all the leagues to have some kind of seven aside or nine aside or what you know, just to bring the whole of rugby league together again uh, would would be better for me. But as it is at the moment, with the, the way the season's gone, it's been stop start. I think just let's get as much rugby in as we can. Yeah. Um, but no, nothing, not even the grand final. Uh, compares to the cup final for me. Um, just the, you know, the pomp and ceremony of it all and the tradition as well. That's that's the that's the thing. The day out um, or weekend as it as it uh, as it is. As my body will uh, confess. Um, but yeah, no, this this magic weekend. I think I think the way they're trying to balance the fixtures out as well now. When it was always just the derbies, it became a little bit old hat, you know. You know, hold an OKR every year or whatever. He didn't. I know it can still happen. Obviously, these, these fixtures are going to get kicked up. But um, I think, I think, like we, you know, we've got cast makes it a little bit more interesting rather than us getting Lee again or as witness as it was or whatever. So um, yeah, no, but it's still a good occasion. And, and Newcastle itself is is fantastic. It's a great place for a for a day out or a weekend out. So uh, yeah, I mean, like I say, I'll, I'll be certainly getting tickets and. Uh, I'm sure if we carry on the good form we're in at the moment, a lot more will too. Yeah, and it provides a spotlight for the sport as well, Parker. Um, it'll probably make national news. Uh, we need a profile of our sport to be bigger, um, you know, in in the global uh, sort of media game. So that that's the that's the kind of thing that will help, um, you know, the sport grow. Yet yeah, people sort of wondering about the uh, the promotion of the Challenge Cup final before uh, the the actual day didn't quite show up. But on the day, I thought it was, you know, it was quite well covered by uh, the rugby league journalism and the national sort of journalism well so i think uh, yeah we're looking forward to that and hoping that they'll learn lessons from what they they did with the challenge cup and lessons they'll do at the magic weekend for the world cup at the end of the season as well because that's another important competition for the sport we need that to be a success really uh, for the people who aren't necessarily sort of tuned in to rugby league because we we all know like the olympics like just about to start this weekend People watch all kinds of sports and get engaged mm-hmm. with it. So the Rugby League World Cup at the end of the year is an idea vehicle to to try and promote the sport and get more people who aren't engaged engaged in the sport now. Yeah, I think the thing with the Magic Weekend as well is now is that uh, it is another showpiece for us. The Wembley, Wembley was tough this year. 
tough for everybody. You know, the restrictions were still in place, don't be until Monday. Mm-hmm. We played, you know, the, the finals on Saturday. You know, uh, getting clearance, you know, for hotels and all that kind of stuff, which was difficult for people. So, I think I think the last two years, certainly ours was obviously a one-off, but um, I think when we'll be going back to something like next year, people have missed it. Um, but, the, but the Magic Weekend again, because even now you see that the cricket have got their new competition starting tonight. Yeah. Track, a new audience during the summer, which is our time. You know, we've got to stamp our authority. Um, I, I, I don't particularly like the idea, I'll be honest. I don't think cricket needed another format or, or you know, wants one, but They've gone for it. It's getting coverage on BBC and Sky mm. tonight, I believe, that the first game. So um, that's uh, you know that's more competition for us, and we we need big events. And then the World Cup at the end of the year, uh, we've got to get it right. For me, so far it's been slow. The promotion of it, um, the Australians threatening not to come doesn't help anyone. Doesn't help the sport. Um, and if the Australians don't come, then it undermines what the World Cup is. So that's that's an issue for us that the, the Aussies and, and everybody else have got to sort out. Uh, I understand the fears, you know, COVID being what it is, but I'm sure that you know the authorities are going to make it as safe as they can for everybody, all the visiting teams. So, um, but you couldn't have the competition without Australia. Hmm. There'd be no point. Um, so we need we need to get that ironed out. We need to get the promotion, you know, up and running. I mean, funnily enough, we were going at the M6 yesterday, uh, and we passed the van. It was all deliberately. With literally with the, the the World Cup logos and everything right. all over it, so that in itself, you know, it caught my eye, it caught other people's eyes just looking at it. So uh, yeah, I hope they get that spot on. We do need a really good World Cup. But you do understand Australia's hesitancy to come over. Obviously, for them, what they're reading in the press with the you know the the rates going up and that, and Australia, I think they're have they shut down. I can't think where they shut down. Is it? Um, Queensland or something they shut like a massive area down haven't they now and their cases are miles lower than ours so I suppose you can understand why they're wondering you know whether to come or not but you've got to think like now these sports teams are in bubbles aren't they so there's nothing stopping Australia to Australia coming over in a bubble and staying in a bubble I think the problem is when you come to World Cups and, and um, you know foreign competitions like the Olympics let's say for example um, it's more about sort of the camaraderie between the other athletes in your village and, you know, everyone gets together and bonds and has a few beers. That can't happen now, can it? And it takes that bit of magic away from them who play in the competition. So it makes you wonder whether they think, is it worth it going over? Because I'm missing that tour experience, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I suppose there is an element of that. I mean, you look at the Euros, the football, you know, mm. people travel to each team travelled around. I mean, even England, even though we had, you know, a good run with Wembley, we had to go to Rome. Yeah. The Italians came here. You know, everyone was travelling around Europe. They are in pods. I mean, let's be honest. These these are elite athletes, and we will look after them. Um, I mean, Australia and, and certainly New Zealand. I mean, I think they can name individuals when they get COVID. It's that you know they're that hot. Yeah. Um, you know, you know exactly who's got it and where they are. So they just shut the whole place down. Um, yeah, we we can't do that. I mean, you know, we, sixty odd million people compared to what twenty in Australia, yeah. five maybe in New Zealand. It's not quite the same scale, uh, and our connections to the outside world are different. Mm. You know, Europe especially. So um, I understand the phase, but uh, I just hope you know it all gets cleared up and we get rolling. We can get it advertised, get it, you know, get everywhere. Just throw it in people's faces so they can't not know it. it's their choice not to watch it. But they can't not know it's on. 
and that's the key thing. It's about put product placement in it in front of people. And I think like rugby union do that very well. We know with the Six Nations, where it's on like in February, and it, and it just seems everybody watches it. And even though they have no interest in union at all, they still you know are are involved and physically and not physically mentally involved in it. When really we should we could learn a lot from that moving into this World Cup, where if hopefully like I say it comes goes ahead. You know, when we play well, people will get engaged. Like when we played New Zealand in the last one, where I was mm. in New Zealand when the last one the, at Wembley, when that guy scored in the last in the last minute, and uh, yeah, there was so. people who I went to school with sort of texting me saying, "Have oh, you what? Do you watch the match? I can't believe they lost." I had not. They have no interest in rugby league, but they just knew that yeah. I like rugby league, and they, they knew I'd probably be watching. But it's things like that that you know you're hoping that we can get people like them engaged in in the sport, and uh, you know get more involved and follow the local sides. Yeah, I mean, even now that the British Lions are yeah. over in South Africa, you know, mm-hmm. South Africa is being ravaged by by COVID. It's, it, I think all the games now have got to be played in Cape Town. They can't even move around. That's what it is. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think they've had to shut all the other places down. So they've got, they're all in one place now. Um, and but, but the thing is, obviously, Sky have got it covered. Mm. It's massive. Uh, talk, sport, are covering it, you know, everything. They're having updates every hour. The... the it's in people. So even if, like me, I, I don't. I'm not bothered about the Lions at all. Nothing, you know. I'm not a reunion fan. It's not my sport. Mm. But you can't ignore it. You know who's back in the squad. You know who's fit and who's injured and who's, you know. You even find out who the South Africans are you've never heard of. You know, mm. you start finding out who their best players are, and that's the, that's how you've got to engage. And we've got to get it covered. I don't know what the broadcasting rights are like at the moment for the for the World Cup. I'm hoping that, you know, it's not just one channel and that's it. Um, but you can't, like say, with the Lions at the moment, you can't move. They play their first game, their first test match this weekend. Um, uh, and today, I must have heard seven or eight updates of, of squad news and the, the captain's back. And, that, you know, you can't avoid it. And that's the way it's got to be. And if you don't want to watch it then, like me, that's my choice. Yeah. But I know it's happening. And if someone said to me, do you know it's happening? I could say, yeah. Um, I, I think in the last World Cup we had, the last Rugby League World Cup uh, uh, over here, uh, you could have probably asked 95% of the population and they wouldn't have had a clue. So, mm-hmm. a lot of work to do, but um, yeah, that the World Cup's got to be done right. And like you say, the Magic Weekend as well uh, has to be worked on. We can do our own thing with that. We've got Sam Luckley, yeah. who's a George, he's a big Newcastle United fan. We could use him in the North East to mm-hmm. so advertise us. To get the job, he's knowing that Salford Rugby League exists, you know, mm. things like So it's just little things that you can do as well as an individual club. And then the sport has got to, you know, got to look after itself as well. Yeah, I think what it is, Parky, it's just, it's just story. I think Rugby Union can tell a better story than we can. Mm. And I think that's the, that's the problem with Rugby League. We aren't able to find a story that cuts through. Yeah, we have our own sort of um, click, our own sort of. Uh, bubble of people who follow rugby yeah. league, and we, we struggle to find stories that we put through to the mainstream, and that and that's and that's the problem. And I know people work hard to try and do it. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think we just need a couple of big stories in that World Cup that cut through to to the to the average Joe in the street to get them engaged. And then and then when they're engaged, um, you know we can we can get involved, we can watch, and obviously make some money out of it as well. Yeah, rugby league does have a problem of preaching to the converted a lot of the time, doesn't it? You know, we tell each other what we know that it's a fantastic sport, but we don't often tell the rest of the world. Yeah, um, yeah, we do need a story for the World Cup. I mean, for me, 
you look at some of the squads, obviously we know the Tongans will be strong like they were in the, the last one in Australia and, uh, you know, obviously the Aussies and the Kiwis and New Guineans or whatever, all these teams. But there are smaller nations in it that, that could be could be very interesting. I mean, I, I don't know about their forward pack, but I know the Jamaican back line mm. is extremely exciting. You know, prop the Super League stars or, you know, whatever. That could be a story. Yeah. You know, they could, you know, I don't, I don't want to go on to the, you know, like down the cool runnings thing. It's not quite that obscure, obscure you know, that they're playing rugby league. <laughs> but they have, you know, set up the rugby league in the West Indies has been around for a while, but not as a not as a major thing. And this could be, you know, a big breakthrough. Yeah, they've made a World Cup. You know, I don't think the USA made it, did they, this time? No. Uh, you know, so it's a massive thing. Hmm. And, and it's something we can promote and say, look, you know, these, these countries have, they do have teams and they have made it. Um, but we do, we do as a sport. We really need to to shout a little bit louder, yep. and that's got to come from the top. You know, it's no good me and you walk into a pub or whatever, boring people to tears like we do here once <laughs> a week. Um, you know, telling them what they, what they already know. Um, the rugby league has really got to get exactly together from now to the World Cup and then beyond. That. Let's go be the launch pad now, because like I said, a lot of competition out there for people. Uh, I, you know, like I said, well, the hundred new cricket thing and. Um, so, yeah, we've got to get switched on now and uh, hopefully it works and uh, the rest of the world can and the rest of this country can find out what we already know about the sport. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, Parker, uh, see what happens there. Uh, other news, uh, Leeds tickets are on sale. You can buy them from the club. I think you can buy them online and pick up from the club now uh, because it's Thursday tomorrow, isn't it? So I think they've stopped selling them at the actual ground now. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's good. Hopefully it'll be a big turnout at Leeds. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I was going to stay for later, but I'm going to say it now. We, we've won three out of four, mm. um, and oddly all the way, if you think about it. We haven't won any at all. I know last week's game was at home, but it wasn't. You know, so we won them all the way, um, and in Yorkshire, against Yorkshire teams, sorry. Mm. So, um, yeah, it might be well worth the trip. Uh, we all know how it feels when you win at Heading, or most of us do, when you win at Heading. It's a rarity for a Salford fan, but... Um, well, when you're there and you see it, it's, it's a real event. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, the usual masses will, will travel over. Yeah. Um, Salford, Red, Salford Red Devils Foundation, um, they're having a course, uh, if you're unemployed, uh, on the 29th of July and every Thursday after that, where you can update your CVs, uh, interview techniques, courses. It runs from 10am to 2pm. It's Eccles College. Uh, is it Chatsworth Road? Um, it'd be good that obviously. But yeah, it's uh, it's a great thing to offer, isn't it, to to the wider community? And again, as we say, and Paul King mentioned the other week that, that the work that's done by by the foundation that doesn't get talked about. This is something not about rugby, nothing to do with rugby. This is for the community and, and people out there who struggle. A lot of people lost their jobs during COVID and are, are really struggling now. And I know, like you say, you know, they're going to they're going to show you what courses might be available to get you on to the next level, you know, to maybe a change of career, you know, or, or whatever. It's, it's a great thing to offer. And it, again, it's just another thing that this club or the, the foundation do that people don't know about. And uh, no, it's a, it's a really, really good thing. Um, and in these times, any help is, you know, is fantastic. And again, the, the foundation are just going above and beyond. Yeah, I agree with that. 
um, like I said, of Silver Red Devils Foundation, you know, do fantastic stuff in the community. If you want to get involved, uh, contact james.molyneux at salfordcc.ac.uk. I think Paul King said it's like the biggest secret uh, in, in rugby league, obviously, the, what the foundation do. So things like this that get promoted and, and people who want to get engaged with it, you know, can improve the, the, the situation. And obviously with the COVID situation, people have lost jobs, haven't they? So gives them a, a, a helping hand back to back to employment and, and self-confidence as well. That will grow as well, uh, which will be which will be great. So, yeah, don't forget to, to get involved in that. 29th of July every and every Thursday after that uh, at Eccles College. Other bits of news as well. Talking about the Sulphur Red Devils uh, Foundation Park, they're uh, running some summer camps out of the AJ Bell. Uh, multi-sport activities uh, for kids in the summer. Uh, I think it's great. I was like I said, you know, it's another string to the bow. Uh, one hand they're educating, uh, you know, the the community, and the other hand they're, they're helping the kids in, in the summer in have a good time. Yeah, uh, and it looks like you know, as it is at the moment, and, and going forward, we've set quite a quite a nice little spell with weather as well. So yeah. it'd be nice to get the kids out and get them running about, won't it? Tire them out before you know, so you can sit down for a glass of wine perhaps later on at night. Uh, no, brilliant. Again, I think they ran them last year, didn't they? Yeah. Or, or track, like year before, sorry, last year would have been a bit difficult with with COVID. Um, uh, another another you know fantastic thing that they offer, um, well, well run and all, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I hope you know, obviously, I think I think there's, there's a problem in this country at the moment with out of school things where as soon as they finish the summer, that's it. You know, nobody's responsibility except the parents who. Many have still got to go to work or, you know, whatever else. And it, this gives them a place to for the kids to go and get that exercise they need, you know. And not all kids are fortunate enough to have two weeks in, you know, Marbella or something like that, you know. Mm. So uh, it's uh, it's a really good thing. And I, I hope they've, they've been in touch with the schools and, and let everybody know that it is available. And I hope it's really well attended because, like you say, these guys are giving up their time as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, just get the, get, get the kids fit, hopefully. I'm hooked on rugby league in, in one way or another, and uh, might be the future players and, and fans of tomorrow. Yeah, uh, ages ages from eight to fourteen. Uh, it's on one from the second of August to the fifth of August, 9th of August to the twelfth of August, sixteenth of August to the nineteenth of August, and the twenty third of August to the twenty sixth of August. So yeah, if you haven't uh, got your kids signed up for for that, get, um, contact the foundation and uh, sign them up now. Other news as well, uh, Ellis Robson and Nathan Roebuck are alone with us till the end of the season. Two young lads gain load, will gain a load of experience uh, playing for us. Yeah, it's a good chance for them, isn't it? Um, moving forward, Warrington are obviously looking at freshening up their squad next year. Farrell um, Powell will have his own ideas. These lads, who knows, maybe surplus to requirements and it gives us a great chance to you know, they're in the shop window for us in that way that we can we can have a look. Obviously, Richie Marshall did have connections at Warrington, so he'll he'll know of them. Uh, I think we brought them both in not long ago, didn't we? And then we had to release them back, and they never got to play. So, yeah, it's good. It's it's more more bodies as well. Just at a time where we seem to be getting few back, but a bit more competition again. Um, young lads, like you say, and uh, yeah, no, it's great news, isn't it? We more and merry. We lost a couple. I said last week didn't they, that we'd lost. Players, obviously, Darcy Lusick and Elliot Kay out of the squad completely. Watkins and Brown, maybe, you know, we don't know. It's probably doubtful we'll see them this season, maybe. So you're already four players down at your initial squad. So we're bringing a couple more in. Great. You know, 
probably for me, Jamie couldn't keep the two lads from Saints as well. But I'm just just a bit greedy. But no, good luck to him, and I hope uh, you know I hope it all works out for everybody. Yeah, opportunity club gives player opportunity. That's what we do. That's what the Salford way. And you're hoping that these lads will take the opportunity, which obviously gives us a, an opportunity to grow as a team, win a few games, go up the league, and who knows where we where we end up now. Uh, final bit of news, Parker. Back to the Salford Red Devils Foundation. Uh, Richard Marshall is hosting a defensive uh, rugby league defensive session for our uh, local amateur rugby clubs coaches uh, from seven till eight pm on the fourth of August. To be honest, we we are quite sound defensively, so it might be uh, it'll be good to it'll be good to watch. Yeah, I think, I think for especially for amateur coaches who you know obviously do an amazing job. You know these people again give up the time just for the love of the game and uh, you know to, to support people but to pick up tips from mm. from the pros you know it's not something I, I don't remember a Salford manager doing anything like that before mm. any of them um, you know you go down you can listen to him you can maybe pick up a few of the, you know the defensive patterns that he puts on and, and take them back to your club and, and give them a go or he may have an idea that you've never thought of. I mean a lot of these these amateur coaches today are, are fantastic their knowledge of the game and and everything you know, everything around it is, is is phenomenal. But you can always learn a little bit more. And, and Richard Marshall's made his way into you know one of the ten elite clubs or twelve elite clubs or whatever um, by by working at that kind of thing, working under great coaches as well. So yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity. That I think I think it's a fantastic thing. And uh, I, again, I hope it's really well turned out. I mean, and all the players have been going out to the clubs. So about the kids and that kind of thing. This, you know, this is the next step up now. This is the level that are teaching these kids how to play the game, and that's that's a fantastic thing. And uh, well done to Richard for giving up his time for that and all. Yeah, a great teacher makes a great student, which makes a great player. That's probably no. I'm I'm just making these quotes up as I go along, Parker. To be fair, but I think it's something like that, um, which is good. Obviously, like you say, he's coached at the highest level. He's coached at um, England Academy as well, so he's he's dealt with you know with players internationally as well, which which is a thing. So. Like you said, hopefully uh, the local coaches will get involved and, and take what he says back to their clubs and make our clubs stronger in the area. So that's all, all the news coming out of the club. And next we'll look at the game this weekend against Leeds Rhinos. It's time for the So, Salford Devils travels Headley Parker Leeds Rhinos this week, Friday night. Uh, going to be a tough battle. Always. I mentioned earlier about the, uh, the our record there. I don't think any of us need reminding how uh, less than average it is. Um, they've got players back as well. They look like they've got a decent squad out. So, it's never easy. Leeds are obviously trying to switch on now and get into them playoff spots. Um, I think... I think we owe them a little bit of a performance because I don't think we showed the best of ourselves a few weeks ago at our place. Um, but it's going to be tough. You know, big big field there at Headingley. I dare say the weather will still be fairly warm. Um, but for me, from what I've seen from the last, you know, two, three performances, um, a lot of encouraging signs. Uh, defensively, we look a lot stronger. Attacking-wise, on Friday night against against Wakefield, I saw some of the. I know the Cast game 
it's hard to judge because it depends on your opposition. But on on Friday night, I saw some great attacking moves, some some good flowing rugby, um, which we haven't seen this year. And if we can combine the two, the defensive effort with with the attacking, I think we'll give Leeds a lot of trouble. And and I don't know if it, if it'd be classed as a shock if we did beat them. I, I'm not I'm not sure. We're not that far behind them. You know, it's, it wouldn't be impossible. We've got to make sure, Parker, that we play the team and not the occasion. Headingley, full house, Leeds at home. They're gonna their fans are gonna be, you know, gagging for a for a big win. And we've got to make sure that we don't get sucked into that. So that's that scenario. Play the play the percentages, quite try and quieten the crowd down, um, and, and play, you know, the the game we want to play rather than be forced into a a high speed sort of um to and fro game with Leeds Rhinos because they've got some good players, haven't they? Leeds Rhinos, like so Richie Myler, uh, Gale, um, they've, they've got class all over the field. So you've got to make sure that that you you don't feed into that sort of anxiety uh, with a crowd because they'll be they'll be fired up for it for sure. Yeah, we need a strong referee. Mm. That'll be important with with the pressure again. I think I think we've got Thaler have we this week. Yeah. I think he's usually quite switched on. He's one of my. One of my favourite refs, if, if I'm honest, um, he seems fairly, you know, fairly switched on when it comes to big games and big, big atmospheres. So, uh, yeah, they, they have got quality all over the pitch. But for me, I don't know. I thought from the start of the year they may, they may struggle a little bit. A lot of people tipped them this year. I don't know where, where they got it from. Um, and I, the, 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 they are beatable, quite beatable. Um, we've got players back, which is going to be, you know, going to be key. Um, and we're, you know, again, not losing players to injury. That was the big thing this week. So we've got consistency. And Richard can now look at, not a full squad, but certainly, you know, a bigger playing squad and think what's best for this game and who's best to play against this guy, who can handle this. Um, you know, they've got Hurrell out wide, who's a, who's a massive unit, who, I don't know, it'll be reunited with uh, Lee Mossop, hopefully, at some <laughs> point in the game. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, I sure they'll get on really well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting battle. I saw I saw earlier today somewhere when the squads were listed that somebody put you know leads by twenty or thirty or something. And I thought I, I I don't buy that one bit. I don't see there being a a blow away score. I really don't. Um, we've we've just got like you've just said, concentrate on ourselves. I think Toby had his best game on Friday night. Uh, he'll want to impress against Leeds. He always does. So that's you know that that'll be a big thing for him. Um, Sarge is back in the squad. Whether yeah. he comes in, I'm not sure. I don't know how much Richard Marshall wants to change a winning team. You know, you, you don't generally. But do you leave out some of the quality of of Dan? Although he's you know his disciplinary has not been great, and it is a big game, and the Leeds fans will get him. Uh, that's that's a another catch twenty two. But like I say, we've got Moose back, Skipper, who's He's an absolute leader and a, a legend in my eyes. To be fair, so um, yeah, it's, it's very. It's going to be very interesting. I think Joe Burgess is back in the squad as well. Uh, do you change that back line? I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a real, real good tussle. It's great to see we've got so many players back. Yeah, uh, it's going to it's going to be fantastic. I think Richard Marshall will be happy as well because he's getting. Sort of experience heads back, like you say, Sargison back in the team, Mossop sort of back in the squad as well. And I think 
he he wanted that. He wants sort of more experience in 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 so certain roles in the team, and it's only going to benefit us. It's a good headache to have. Obviously, Escali I think scored is it four tries in three games. So that's uh you know he he's he he's, he's undroppable after in that kind of form. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there, Parker. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can drop him. I think he's one of them that has. You know, he, he's been given his chance now. He's had a little bit of a run and he's starting to, to pick up form. Um, Inu has been phenomenal since he's come back in. Yeah. That's the centre spot gone. Uh, Kenny Seo, uh, you know, I, I think we talk about him virtually every week. What a, what a fantastic player he is. So he, he's, you know, he's, he's iron, uh, nailed in. Um, Reese Williams on the other side. I thought Matty Costello's done, done very little wrong yeah. in, the, in the games that he's played. And like I say, you've got Burgess and Sargentson fighting for places in that back line. That's that's some headache that Richard Marshall's got to got to work out. Um, the the new guy at uh, yes Hingenau. Yeah, Hingenau. Hingenau. Yeah. it's at yeah. Hingenau. Uh, he, he he could make his you know debut this week, um, which would help with uh, the the pressure on Akers, who again has been in fantastic form again Friday night a real threat. So. Um, yeah, a few real selection headaches for, for Richie Marshall this week. And not in a bad way where he's having to drag, you know, two or three kids in on loan. This is this is his team uh, that has been, you know, trying to work together all season. And hopefully now we're getting to see, you know, we'll get to see the best of it. And uh, and, and hopefully no excuses. Yeah, obviously that's a hinger now. We've just touched on him. Obviously might make his, his debut. Um, interesting who, who, we call, who, who he takes the place of, really. Um, Chris Atkin playing well. Not, I, I don't think you can drop him. Um, yeah, interesting. Andy Ackers, he's going to be, be on for a hooking role probably. So, is it is will Richard Marshall think about maybe putting Atkin on a bench and, and rotating, or even Hinger now on on the bench? You, you don't know how it's going to work because I I think when you look at sort of Richard Marshall's team selection, it's usually sort of four big forwards. But I think with uh with some you know, options on, on the interchange and changing the spine. I think that's an important thing for him because he always talks about sort of having a solid spine mm. and a, a spine that's the same. So will he willingly change it because he's got sort of strength in depth or will he just sort of play with what he's got considering at the moment he's playing well? I think, I think, you know, would be my, if he's to play, would would have to come off the bench. Hmm. I would drop Chris Atkin. I thought too. He had his, yeah, as I said, had a great game the other night. Um, Akers has, has really come into his own. Now he's got a run of games. He, some of the stuff he's doing from acting half is fantastic. He's cutting teams open. Um, and I think they obviously Atkin and Akers can rotate, but so can Ingerhout. Um, sorry. Um, so maybe to ease him in a little bit, but uh, or maybe like you say. Richard Maiden's had to just go with big four, four big forwards on the bench like he has done recently mm. and try and bully Leeds that way because it's it's worked the last few games. You know, and do you have, you know, I suppose this is the key, you have to fight to get into the team. Uh, if you do get a chance, take it. But there was remember there was a there was a guy called Jackson Asians <coughs> who came on and, and, and played against Leeds and, and played out out of his skin. Remember him? Could uh, could history repeat itself? Name rings a bell. Yeah. Um yeah, I see. Yeah, I seem to recall he did. He did some. He had a mate, didn't they, with him? Yeah, um, can't remember his name. Yeah, where, where they, I don't. 
I don't think lightning's going to strike twice quite like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, you never know. And the thing is, like I said before about the two lads from Warrington coming in on loan, it just adds to this squad now. And it gives us so many options. Uh, you know, obviously, if Brownie's not going to be back, we've still got Deck Patton to come back into yeah. the team. You know, those half-back sort of stroke hooker role mm. now becomes... And um has gone, Adi, Danny Adi. Mm. He's got to come back in at some point, hopefully. So, and he's played a hooker. Um, so, the options, you know, could be unbelievable. So, Parky, give us your score prediction for the game against Leeds. Um, I'm going to go with, obviously, a Salford win. Mm-hmm. I think the confidence we gained in the last few weeks, the, the players we've got back, uh, and I have a sneaky suspicion that Leeds might underestimate us a little bit. Um, and uh, that that form could see us through. Um, so I'm going to go lead 16, mm-hmm. Salford 23. Salford 23. Is there a story behind that, Parker? Uh, no, I think <laughs> I think Leeds will will take a, an early lead mm-hmm. as we seem to start a little bit slower. Okay. Um, <clears throat> we'll creep into the game. We'll open up. A little bit of a gap. Mm-hmm. Leeds will come back, but then Chris Atkin will nail a drop goal for us to kill the game off. Job done. Job done. Uh, Paul's not here, so I'll do the weather forecast. I think it's going to be a bit of sun, a bit of fun. It's only right, it turns on Saturday, doesn't it? It starts raining Saturday. Yeah. So I'm thinking it'll be a bit like thundery Thursday. So I'd, I'd take a coat in my car just in case you get over to Leeds and it's starting yeah. to rain a bit. On the pitch, um, full house at Edinley. We've beat Leeds there recently before, so we've exercised that ghost. So I'm going to go for Salford victory. I'm going for Leeds 10, Salford 32. 32 32 10 in U hat trick. There you go. And there. We'll be dancing in the streets of uh, Headley on Friday night. I think uh, the weather could have a big, a big bearing. Even if it's not particularly hot as it has been, which it still be very warm. Mm. And if there is a bit of rain, yeah, the humidity, keeping all the ball, that kind of thing. Yeah. Is, and if we do go with the, the the four forwards off the bench, um. Just you know, just holding on to the ball, grinding out their meters. Mm. Uh, that that could that could easily work in our favour. Um, it's, it, I, I wouldn't want to be Richard Marshall this week. I mean, I've not wanted to be him all year, if I'm honest. For because, different reasons. For one, yeah, one reason, but this week, the headaches, the, the headaches are very, very different. Um, I'm sure he sat there at home, probably scratching his head, but actually secretly inside, really, really happy with what he's got to uh, to work with. Yeah, we, we talk about that. Obviously, you, you, Richard Marshall's had a tough sort of baptism of fire at, uh, at Salford with the injuries and, and the COVID and lack of form. But recently, slowly and, you know, quietly, he, he's, he's, decided, he's managed to, to climb himself out of that sort of bottom spot. Uh, and now we're in we're in mid-table territory now, looking up. Yeah, yeah very much. I mean... It was tough at first. It was going to be tough for him anyway. New manager, new players, new club. Probably 
you could say that the players that we signed, because we signed most of our players way before the end of last season, mm. under Ian Watson, may not be his type of player. No. May not be his squad. I, I don't always buy that an excuse. I think you can mould players, you can make players better. Um, and But it will take time. Did he have enough time? We, we can debate that. COVID's been a massive issue. We got off to a shocking start. We had a horrible first 10, 12 games, whatever, you know. Um, we were unlucky in the cup, you know, that golden point. Could have gone the other way. We could have been in the semi-final. Yeah. Another boost. Didn't work. But I think, for me, the, the one game, the last two have obviously been great, but the one game that really stands out is the Huddersfield away game. Because mm. of the effort that went in that night, it showed me that the players do care and the players do you know, are listening and do want to play for him. Mm. Um, and and I, I took something out. We went out 12 men for a long, long period, nearly a, nearly an hour in that game. Mm. And to come away with a victory against a team that and a manager that really wanted to beat us mm. was, was a good sign for me. We let ourselves down against Leeds. But again, a few decisions went against us. Um, discipline was, a, was an issue, as it was early in the season. <clears throat> but... Uh, since um, in the last two games, cast. Yeah, we we didn't play a full cast team. That's not our problem. We scored seventy points away from home, and that is tough to do, no matter who you play. And then and then Friday night, twelve points down to turn the game around and actually dominate that second half. Mm. I don't think Wakefield were in it. You know, they kicked the penalty, but other than that, we we. I mean, our defence at times was unbelievable. Uh, they just showed me. So much encouragement over the last two, three weeks that wasn't there a few weeks ago. And you're right, I think Richard Marshall probably now deserves a little bit a little bit more credit than he was getting. Um he had to he had to prove a point. You know, he's, you don't just walk into it, you know, you can walk into any club. People are gonna be skeptical when you get there. I don't care who you are or where you're from, what you've done before. Um, you've got to prove it at that club. Uh we you know, we could have gone and got Wayne Bennett. But if he'd have lost the first 10 games, he'd have been getting the dog's abuse that any other manager gets. So, yeah, no, fair, fair play to Richard. He pops his head up every week, hasn't he? And he's come out and he's, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't given the, the press conference of uh, it's a process, it's a process like other managers do. <laughs> uh, he's admitted that the team's defence hasn't been good enough, attack, and certainly discipline. And he, he's obviously targeted and, and a lot to the players and, he has moved a few players about a little bit, but um, I think now he's starting to get his own team and mould mm. into into what he wants. Yeah, because I remember at the beginning he was we were kind of naming the Tinker Man because he kept moving stuff about, <laughs> but obviously with the COVID and the injuries he had to. So now getting a full strength squad back, he's able to sort of put out a team which is his, and we can obviously judge him on that. So far, like I say, he's turned. The, he's for me, he's turned the corner. He was he had the dogs at his door uh, a few weeks ago, uh, but. You know the the three was it two or three wins on the spin now. Uh, yeah. We're we're in a good position, so you're hoping we can kick on. That's the big question with this team and, and him is can we go again? Can we kick on? Because remember, we talked about we talked to Greg Burke, didn't we, in the in the off season yeah. when we got to the grand final and and he didn't quite sort of believe he could get to the grand final until about yeah. two weeks out. So Alpha, with this team, where is it mentally? Where is it? We've gone from. Bottom, rock bottom, nearly to top of the top of the bottom now, really. So, have we got the mentality to go again and win the next three? 
so we can go to the top of the middle and then doing the next three and go to touching near the top and that and that's the big that's the big question uh for me uh players you know look 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 good they're looking in a good position both physically and mentally so you're hoping with the bodies coming back um we'll be we'll be in a better place in the next few weeks yeah i think i, I suppose in many ways it's like it's like anything but winning breeds confidence doesn't it and it's yeah it's how do you get confidence to win games what comes first you know uh, we we certainly look like we've gained a bit of confidence the cast game would have done us a world of good as well yeah scoring points freely as we did and Turning in that second half of that game, switching it on, and I think I think now there, there'll, there'll be a, a buzz in that changing room. I think you know when they turned up on Monday morning, I'm sure they were all absolutely bouncing. You know, I like to say you start getting players back. You know the competitions there. You, you mentioned Greg Burke there, and he, he typifies everything for me for Salford. Yeah. He's he's what I consider a, a typical Salford player, if you like. Nobody's ever going to be singing and dancing about him. Nobody's ever going to push him for international duty or anything like that. But rarely have I seen a player who would run his blood to water for the cause that he does. He, he for me, he's, he's, he's kind of captain material in many ways. Mm. But not in a... I mean, he is a funny bloke. We know that. and I'm sure he's a right... I'm sure the lads love him in the changing room. You need a character. But as a role model... He goes out and he does his bit. He trundles that ball in. The other week, he came on at Cass, played at, at Hooker. Not not a problem. You want to thought about it. Um, and his attitude, he spots on every single week, no matter what you do. Um, and he never lets his head down. And now he's he's got a little bit of run, running the team. Hmm. And we've started winning. No, hmm. I'm not saying that's Greg Burke. Don't get me wrong. You know, he's not <laughs> Wally Lewis. Let's, you know. But there is, there is something to that that consistency and having a player like him in your squad and in the changing room before the game that sort of thing so uh, another leader and uh, it's people like that that you need you can have all your show peach players um, but you need the ones to do the, the dirty work and he does that Greg yeah you're right They're all good teams have players like Greg Burke for me Greg Burke is like Paul Light and Mac too yeah that's what I feel. I think he, he, he grafts, he works hard, he makes his tackles he needs to make. He does the drives he needs to do. Nothing silly, up the up the, the jumper uh, drives. And and that's what you, that's what you're asked for. And I think good teams have the likes of Greg Birkin. Other, other players like him, Jack Arnroyd is another one. Jack Wells is another one. You know, players who just sort of graft and, and, and sort of make the tackles they have to make and, and do what they need to do. And get us in positions for the for the for the magic players to to make the magic happen. So it's a good mix, I think, at the moment. But like I said, we're you know pleased for Greg. I think, uh, and what we got from the, the podcast that you know Salford is his club now. I know he's a Wigan lad, and he, he started at Wigan, and um, but I think being at Salford sort of like sort of changed him, and I think he sees Salford as his club now, which is which is great. Yeah, it's funny how you make that parallel with, with Paul, and he's very much a. Uh... A Salford player, wasn't yeah. he? he? Was from Oldham. He, he played for Halifax, and then he came to us. And even now, you talk to him. You know, he's he's, he's nothing but love for the club, and mm. it's, he, he he is yeah, he is that kind of player. He's, he's very much the same. Um, another player that, that played the other night again that seems to go under the radar is Ollie Roberts. Yeah, now, he's not even our player, is he? Ollie, I think he's still on loan from from Huddersfield anyway. Mm. He really impresses me. He does the work very quietly. Never gets spoken about. Another one that's not been playing recently is Greenwood, mm-hmm. who is a player that I really rate. Um, shame he's he, you know he's had injury injury worries. But there are players like that that just seem to to get on with the job when they're there. Um, 
but you don't notice them. Mm. You know, it's only when you look back and you, you look at the team line and you go, oh, yeah, he, did, yeah he, was, he was there, wasn't he? But because he doesn't make a mistake, mm. you don't want to scream at. He just does, does his job, gets the ball and drives the ball in. Yeah. That's his job. Just stick to doing that. Don't think you... You know, Paulie Paulie, we know, has got a great offload. Big Seb's got a great offload. Leave that to them. Mm. You do your job. You know, and, and, and that's what you need and that's what we've got at the moment. And We've got this hard-working squad and, and like I said before, we've had... We have got a sergeant sitting in the squad. We do have Burgess. You know, we have got Escaray. You know, players of even two with, with flair. But they're, they're no use if you haven't got the great mm. perks of this world. I agree with that, Parker. You're only as strong as your weakest links, and if your weakest links are eight out of ten every week, you've got yeah. a you've got a pretty decent side. So that, I think that's where I think that's where we are, and I think that's where we're, where we've got our success before that. Our eight out of teners take the team to a, a sort of a nine out of ten when it matters, yeah. and 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 I think that that's the important thing going forward. Uh, we keep as long as we keep winning, keep progressing. Uh, who knows where we'll go? Yeah, we will. We've just got to hope and pray now the next few weeks, even if we don't get anything on Friday, because heading was a tough place to go. Hmm. We've got to focus on the next game, winnable. I think it might be whole KR, is it, or something like that? Uh, yeah. You know, another winnable game. We, we target that, then we go at that. We win that. You know, you've just got to keep picking up as many wins as you can now. I'm not expecting Salford to be in the playoffs. That, that's my first. And I, I think I said it, it, there might have been a chance at the start of the season, but from where we were three, four, five weeks ago, to where we are now is a completely different atmosphere um, and if we can finish like you said that we're at the moment we're probably at the top of the bottom if you like or yeah. whatever we can finish in the middle of that league on on the budget we've got on the crowd we've had you know the suspensions and injuries and everything else we've had I'd, I'd mark that down as a pretty much a success and then we have to build again now it's how you do that that's, that's the issue but we're not at that point yet um, but we do, we, we're looking up that's the main thing now. We're not we're not looking back. We're not too worried what's going on. Well, I think we've got enough wins in the bank now to, to keep us safe. But now it's time to, to drive on. That pressure's off of relegation, I think. Says touch wood. But <laughs> so it's that kitchen going table. forward, let, let's just give it a crack and see where we can go and see what this group of players have got. Is it top top six, is it playoff this time? I think it is, yeah. So the top yeah. six, sixth place at the moment is Hull KR, and they've got 60% win ratio. We've got 30% win ratio. So I suppose it's just a kind of a, it'll have to be a, a kind of 50% swing there to catch them. Still doable though, because like mm. I say, Hull Kingston Rovers are on a good, you know, good set, good farm at the moment, but it doesn't mean they're going to be in good farm for the rest mm. of the season, does it? No, oh, you'll see that with, with all teams, they'll have dips in farm. Throughout the season, no matter who you are, um, it's impossible to be 100% every single week. We're having our up, if you like. We we got them three big games out of the way that we needed that that period of Saints, Warrington, Wigan. They were obviously everybody's got to face them. Whether they face them week after week is a different matter. But uh, and now we've got games that you would say are winnable with teams around us. And this is this is our phase now. Mm-hmm. What happens at the back end of the season? We'll probably have tough games again. So now we've got to get these points in the bank and then deal with that. And again, like I said before, the confidence we'll get from winning, next time you face them bigger teams, it's not such a big step. Because there isn't, between the top and the bottom of the Super League, well, no disrespect for Lee, but maybe maybe Lee, but there isn't a massive difference. There really isn't. It, it's just 
we know Saints are a, a phenomenal team and uh, Catalan are on an unbelievable season. But like we've seen with Wigan, you know, they fell, they fell away a bit. They, they, they're beatable. Um, Hull always beatable. Hull KR, Cass, you know, Leeds. There's not an awful lot between the whole league. And um, it only takes you to win two or three. And like you say, someone else lose a couple. That's it. The league looks completely different, as it does at the moment for us. Yeah, so that's the end this week's uh, podcast, Parker. Good show, chatting all things Salford. Yeah, just want to say uh, congratulations to Niall, by the way, for his uh, Lance Trophy on, on Saturday afternoon. It was, you know, after all we've said about us not having an academy, not being allowed to have an academy, I think he, he had, uh, had a great game. Obviously, Theo scored the opening try. You know, people like Jordan Turner are out there and, you know... I think it just shows what we can produce when we're given a chance. But uh, well done to Niall. Um, you know, he, he worked hard in that game and the defeated side. I'm sure it doesn't really make up for it. But um, just great to see, you know, a Salford product like that who we nurtured from, what, 14, 15, becoming a Lance Todd Trophy winner like Mark Snade did a few years ago. So uh, well done to him. Yeah, and well done for, for Theo for, for winning it as well. Obviously, he's... Uh... He sort of started with us, didn't he? So he's kind of a kind of a sort of born into Salford, isn't he? Really, isn't he? He's French, but he really has come from us, hasn't he? So, well, congratulations to him as well for for winning it. Uh, big thanks for tuning in uh, to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. Ira Parkson, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contacts, Spotify, and YouTube. See you next week.